This is an intro. Let's do this. Hello and welcome back to Okay Fine, I'll Watch It, the podcast where I, your host, Rahat Sani, discuss incredibly popular media that I've never seen before and am watching for the very first time with someone who loves it. On today's episode, we're talking about Avatar The Last Airbender with super fan Fatima Syed. We are about to hop, skip, and jump right into it, but remember to stick around till the end of the episode so I can share some very important info and also remind you to follow the podcast Instagram at okay fine I'll watch it like that but different okay let's go folks this week we have a very special guest my friend from high school a graduate from schools of science many many different <laughs> subjects that I can't remember and future teacher and a huge fan of Avatar the Last Airbender Fatima Syed hi Fatima hi <laughs> thank you so much for being on the podcast I'm over the fucking moon to talk about yeah. Avatar with you Thanks for having me. I love Avatar, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously. I will say that when I first thought about doing Avatar, like, or when I even put out a call for, hey, like, does anybody have things that they would like to discuss on a podcast or things that you love in general with media? Avatar mm -hmm. was one of the most highly named things. It was like, hey, I fucking love Avatar. It was like every fourth person on my, that responded <laughs> to me. But you made the strongest pitch because you said, uh hey, I love Avatar and I've watched it every year for like my whole life. So I've seen it at least 15 times. And I was like, yeah. girl, <laughs> if I do a show about Avatar, like I fucking have to talk to you. <laughs> so, oh my God, tell me like, what was, I think I asked you this like on the phone too, but like, when was the first time you watched the show and what has brought you like back to it so often? Mm -hmm. So, okay. So basically, I think I started watching the show maybe when like the third season was still coming out or it's like just finished, like it just recently finished. And the only reason I started watching it was because like it was on TV when it was airing, right? And my older brother would watch it. So like, I was like, oh, what is this? Like, like it looks interesting. And I would like ask a bunch of questions and just like, just watch it. Right. And I was like, <laughs> no, nah, I won't do that. And then I think like a year later, I was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna watch yeah. this. And I was like in elementary school. So like we had like a family computer. And that means like my dad would use it for work or my mom would use it for work or whatever. Or like my older brother would use it for work or whatever. And then I was like, so the only time I could watch it was like in the middle of the night. And for like someone who's in elementary school, like 10 p.m. is like really late. And I was like, oh, but I have to watch this. And I like <laughs> love it. And I think like the reason I keep coming back to it. um, I don't know. It's just so good. It's like, I <laughs> yeah. guess part of it's like nostalgia and like, like, I feel like it's one of those shows that you can overhype and it's still amazing. Yeah. And I don't know, like, yeah, it is just really amazing. <laughs> and Honestly, I really love it. fair enough. Like, it's funny that you say like, it's one of those shows you could overhype and yet it's still worth it. And mm -hmm. Cause that's what I thought. I'm like, everybody talks about how much they love this show. Uh -huh. Like how, how good could it be? <laughs> how good could this fucking cartoon be? Because like, I'll be honest. One thing about me is I did not watch a lot of animated TV growing up. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I, I remember watching, um, 
like the Cartoon Network. I was a big fan yeah. of Tom and Jerry. Oh, cute. <laughs> I used to watch Tom and Jerry on like Saturday mornings. And then mm-hmm. afterwards I used to watch, there used to be like this show on Indian Cartoon Network, I think. And it was like okay. Hatim or something. It was like, okay. and, and there was another one that was like an Indian superhero Shaktiman. <laughs> These are nobody is gonna understand any of this except for like anyone else. Really like that one, that one person who's like, I know this show. I know this show. Yeah, like, I, can't it. I know there was this show about three uh, w- witches. They were like a grand, like three generations of witches, and that one was called Shadarat. Okay. And it, these were all very cute, very fun shows. But yeah, mm-hmm. I like, and these were all like live action shows too. So I okay. did watch a lot of animated stuff honestly Mm -hmm. growing up and it's not that I don't think it's good obviously Mm -hmm. I think it's just like because I didn't have that connection to it as a child Mm -hmm. that much yeah as an adult I haven't really searched out a lot of animated shows to Mm -hmm. to check out and so this is one that I it's not like I've avoided it necessarily it just hasn't made the top of my list until I decided to do this and oh my god Let's get this out here. Um, I know we've only done four episodes so far. This is the fourth one. <laughs> but this is by far my favorite thing I've watched for this Hell podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like one million percent. This is my favorite mm-hmm. thing I've watched for the podcast. Like no disrespect to all of the other shit I've been watching. No, them. disrespect them. Yes. A hundred percent disrespect. <laughs> this is my disrespect on fucking Star Wars is if you're not Avatar The Last Airbender, get the fuck out of town, dude. I don't care. <laughs> I don't fucking like, who care. Who are you? Who is she? I don't know her. <laughs> I don't. I don't know her. It's true. No, honestly, it's funny that you br- brought up like your family computer. It's like I think back to like me playing Farmville on like Facebook when I was like yeah. nine years old, way too young, mm-hmm. but on the one computer that my family shared. But it's mm-hmm. great though, you know. Like you have this nostalgic connection to something that holds up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. And I, I think there's something to be said for the fact that this show is regarded so highly and it stood the test of time because it's mm-hmm. still incredibly, and I think forever will be incredibly, incredibly relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about like, why, why do you think this show has uh, lasted so long in the public's yeah. collective um, like nostalgic heart center. Like everyone loves this show. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously everyone is hyperbolic, but a lot of people <laughs> love this show. Like, what do you think makes it so great? Um, well, first of all, it's just like the world building is fantastic. Like, uh, like they drop so much from like real life inspirations and it's also like pan-Asian. So like yes. we have a lot of representation just like in terms of like being Asian and like growing up Asian and like stuff like that. So like it's great representation. There's like diversity in their cast so it's not completely just one asian group Mm -hmm. um so like world building amazing and it's like very easy to follow like this world building like you have fire nation water tribes like earth kingdom and then air nomads like it's very easy to understand like their magic system and their world building yeah and also the characters the characters are beautiful yes i was gonna say i think i think the characters and and yes of course the world building i like how simple it is like it's it mm-hmm. is it's simple enough that a child could understand it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, yeah, 
there's the four elements. Yeah, this makes sense. I understand. And one of them is mean. Okay. <laughs> but I think it's it's cool that it gets so much more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. over the over the seasons. Because at the beginning it's like, yeah, the Fire Nation attacked, obviously. They're the bad ones. But but you learn with with time like war and genocide and like imperialism is so much more complicated than just that. Of course it's that, but it's a lot more. But of course the characters, dude. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I love every single character in this fucking thing. Like I'm so, so genuinely attached to them. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Like I'm so like, I want, I want more just because I want to watch these people Mm -hmm. like be happy and like live in a world without war. I'm like, I just want to, I want you guys to just get up to your antics and I'll just hang out. (laughs) I'll just hang out here while you guys fly around and like, I don't know, do other stuff. I like how they're able to still be children. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, of course, all of this is set up against this backdrop of a war that's been going on for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet, all of these kids are still kids. You yeah. Know, when we meet Katara and Sokka, they're they're still they're teenagers who have dealt with so much grief and mm-hmm. so much trauma and seen, mm-hmm. you know, so much loss. And yet, they're just kids, and they they're just on an adventure. And yeah. they're just trying to do right by their tribe, by their family. Mm-hmm. And and I I love Katara. I know, me too. So Girl. fucking much. <laughs> I I love Katara so much. And you know, like typically I I te- I mean, anyone who's been listening to the podcast may have noticed, <laughs> I tend to favor the women um in general in life and in the world. But I I think in this show, genuinely, like every single character earned my mm-hmm. love and respect throughout. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, okay. What's like your, what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite? Oh my show? God. I don't think I can pick right now. I think like I go through like phases where I'm like, oh, this one's my favorite. But like, really it's all of them. But yeah. I think right now it's Sokka. Okay. Sokka. Because you're watching the show right now, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that also. <laughs> of course, you're currently watching the show. I love that. Go on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love Sokka and I love seeing him like change from being someone who was sexist to someone who is like a feminist queen. <laughs> and then like, I don't know, he's just like, I just remember because like, so basically how the Avatar fandom kind of happened was like when the show was airing, like you had kind of like that first wave of fans and then it mm-hmm. went on Netflix and then you had that second wave of fans. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because like in the first, because I've seen both waves. So mm-hmm. like in the first wave, like everyone thought Sokka was dumb, stupid, like they didn't like him. They're like, oh, he's annoying or whatever. And like, it's so nice to see like the new, the new kind of wave of fandom being like, I love Sokka, like appreciate Sokka. And like, I love it. And I love that they ship Sokka and Zuko together. Like that's like one of the, yeah, that's one that. of the biggest that's one of the biggest ships right now in like the second wave the first wave it was Zutara a lot of people shipped Zutara so like Zuko and Katara okay I would but, see that one coming I would expect yeah. that that was one because I felt a little bit like the creators of the show shipped them <laughs> yeah like so for know, sure they kept being story? like yeah they kept being like <laughs> you two are boyfriend and girlfriend and they were like mm-hmm. no and I was like yeah. I don't know man it kind of seems like somebody wants you to be boyfriend and girlfriend <laughs> yeah no for real it kind of was like that so like yeah um so like Katara and Aang were always going to be endgame like that was kind of like figured out from the beginning of the show yeah but then like the creators like put in Zuko and they're like yo I kind of like this this is cute but we can't do Aang dirty like that so yeah we're gonna always stick with our endgame which is Aang and Katara so yeah which also though I think could have been interesting um so so okay Aang's journey 
is mm-hmm. is massive. I think, of course, we mm-hmm. have to talk about Aang, the actual Avatar. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and um, I I think, of course, his his journey is central. I think the what he goes through in the first season, in the first few episodes, is just so fucking heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I can't imagine what it's like for a child to discover everyone you've ever known is dead. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, literally because because he was like super sure like that they'd be hiding or that he, they could find him and like only air like someone who's in the like part of air nomads can like find people who are there but like yeah, yeah the moment he saw like Yato's body yeah oh like that's that's uh, a dark yeah. moment yeah like there's a lot of really mm-hmm. heavy really dark shit in mm-hmm. the show but it's mm-hmm. dealt with such it's it's dealt with such sensitivity and such nuance and so much mm-hmm. love for these characters is in this like at the core of it that it it makes it it doesn't make it okay but it makes it yeah. easier to deal with because you're seeing it through the eyes of these characters and you have so much love and empathy for them like that moment like we know we know all of the air nomads are dead we know there's yeah. been a genocide committed mm-hmm. against them and so they're gone but mm-hmm. But when that moment hits, Aang is when it like really sinks in. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's so devastating. But you know, I I I love his journey from being this. He's just a fucking twelve year old kid. Like he just wants to <laughs> yeah. hang out and have a good time. Yeah. He just wants to go to where his like where he and his friend used to go down on those like the Look little shoots. Yeah, yeah, the shoots and the little boxes. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I. <laughs> I love, I love that, you know, he just wants to fuck around. Like, yes, he has to yeah. save the world, but like, can he also just like fuck around a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> you don't mind if I just fuck around just a little <laughs> bit, please? Um, I, I love that. And I, I think it, what I, what comes to mind with this Katara and Zuko thing mm-hmm. is the, the thread of the plot where he went to the, um, the, the swami i don't know what my brain my brain says swami <laughs> but but what am i thinking of the like the the saint guy the the priest guy who was hanging out at the one of the um air palaces air temples who was like i'm here to oh the sun you. temple the sun warriors no Is no 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 the old guy who was like kind like a strange guy and he's helping him align his like chakras Oh, Guru Patik? Yeah, the Guru, <laughs> the Guru. That's the guy. Yeah, I was like, like what are we talking about? What the fuck was I going on about? No, I couldn't remember. Dude, this is like oh three God. three seasons of television that I watched in, I think, like maybe four days. So I, I'm like, <laughs> I do feel like that. so jumbled in my head. But but I, A, like, there is a lot of, this is my brain, my thoughts are going all over the place, but there's a lot of um, spirituality entrenched mm-hmm. in this show for sure mm-hmm. and i think a lot of it has a lot of eastern um mm-hmm. roots in like buddhism and hinduism i think there's a lot of eastern spirituality with the chakras and stuff which mm-hmm. is cool but i thought it was interesting how during the that m- section of the show the reason ang is not co- able to complete his journey is because he can't let go of katara mm-hmm. and i think it could have been interesting if mm-hmm. if Katara did actually end up with Zuko and Aang yeah. had to learn how to let go of her. Yeah. You know, because I mean, could have like, kind of ended up doing that either way. Yeah. Because I think he, he had, had to, to get do to the Avatar state, which, yeah. Yeah. But I like, you know, and as far as the like the Zutara thing goes, like, yeah. I think that could have been a route where they, mm-hmm. they took the show with him having to give up his his love for her. I don't think he has to. I personally yeah. liked that they ended up together. Um, mm-hmm. I was a fan. Me too. 
yeah i love Ava- avatar egg and katara together like like i understand where zutara is coming from but like i'm like i can't i, no. I can't i'm sorry no. like you do you but like i'm not gonna i'm not no, gonna <laughs> totally to each their own you know it's like mm-hmm. everybody's got the everybody's got their ships it's fine mm-hmm. i understand mm-hmm. i do i do love zuko a lot mm-hmm a lot and i i love how angry he is at the beginning like i love how oh, mopey yeah. and sad he is i love oh my God. He's just like the biggest emo boy and like he's got shit to that he's dealt with so i like i full respect mm-hmm. to that but he's also yeah. so mopey like so over the top yeah. i love i love it I so much <laughs> it's so fucking funny like every time that he says he oh my god i can't remember anything that he says because there's so many episodes but he'll just say the most dramatic shit Mm-hmm. he'll yeah. be like i'm not sad <laughs> he'll be like, i'm not angry and it's like yep i oh think you are zuko i think you <laughs> oh might be a little bit sad <laughs> and angry it's okay we get it your dad banished you oh, my- oh i hate <laughs> ozai so much yeah he sucks big big bad guy mm-hmm. i thought it was cool though that there's so much at the center of the story when it comes to Zuko and Aang. Like, I love that mm-hmm. the show ends with them being friends and that mm-hmm. being like one of the, fi- like one of the final moments of the show, because mm-hmm. I-, I think there's something very uh, linked between them in the sense mm-hmm. that they both at the end, like, or close to the end have to choose. Yeah. And Zuko has to choose his destiny, which he realizes is not the same as his father's. And it's in mm-hmm. fact, it's to undo what his father and grandfather and great grandfather have done, mm-hmm. um, which of course you can't undo, but you can try to, mm-hmm. to start to mend. And, and Aang has to choose if he is going to give up who he is mm-hmm. in order to, to fit the role, the destiny that he's been handed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really cool juxtaposition between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that like the most satisfying to watch when Zuko leaves, it's the most satisfying thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yes, I knew it, baby. I knew you could do it. <laughs> Zuko, I knew we could get there. I'm so happy. Um, yeah. And also his uncle is my favorite part of the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favorite fucking part of the show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. There's so much that happens over the course of this, and we meet so many different nations. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite, like, place they went to? Oh, dang. Oh. Because they went favorite to a lot of different place. places. Yeah, they went like, to a lot, yeah. They went to so many places. Oh, man. That's hard. Um, You don't have to have one answer, of course. You can have multiple. Okay, so like I feel like a lot of people would say something like the North Pole or like the South Pole. I hate the cold, and like yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> but like I don't know. I don't think it would be the North Pole or South Pole. I think I don't know. I kind of like I kind of like the Fire Nation areas because they're just so pretty. Like mm. like you know the episode with the puppet master and like Hama, the innkeeper, and like there's like a field of like fire lilies or whatever. So pretty. Yeah. I'm like, that seems like it would be such a nice place to go. And like, even though they're Fire Nation, like the people there, like, and that's what I love about the show. Like the people there seem genuinely nice a lot of the times. And they're just like also dealing with repercussions of war. Mm-hmm. And like, and like, I love that they show like that Fire Nation people can also just be humans who yeah. are, you know, just ended up being there, like being born into that nation. And like, but 
yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of places. Ugh. Yeah, I know. I, I agree with you about the Fire Nation stuff. I, I really like the discovery that the kids have to make when they get there that, hey, these people are not that different from us. Mm-hmm. they're yeah. also just people but they yeah they are bo- they were born here and so this is the life they know like i i yeah. a i loved that ang went to a school and yeah you know got, a again got to be a kid yeah for, for a little bit you know mm-hmm. i love anytime he gets to just be a child it's yeah so brilliant because i'm like fuck mm-hmm. please just like let him just like let him <laughs> I know. hang out and have fun for a little bit because he's, he's mm-hmm. got so much pressure on him that boy um mm-hmm. but but yeah, like I love that, that it showed how those kids in that school, like how much their life is impacted by the fucking totalitarian system that they're raised mm-hmm. under that denies mm-hmm. them joy and self-expression. I know, right? Like there's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of empathy for the Fire Nation. Mm-hmm written into the show which i really appreciate and i think Mm -hmm. it's really really important for the for the kids who have all grown up seeing them as the enemy yeah for real like yeah like literally just throw them a dance party and they're like wow look at this like there's other things that i can like do with my life and like like even the school systems like you like the teachers i didn't actually like hate or anything but because it feels like they were also kind of brainwashed with the propaganda and like the histories that they're taught so it was like interesting when Aang was just like, oh, the Air Nomads didn't have a form of military. Like, and it's just like, how would you know? The history book doesn't say that or whatever. Yeah. Which, but oh, like, okay. Mm. Oh, Which is real life. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, real. I think it's, it's, it's great um, that I watched this show at this time also. Cause again, I think it's always relevant, but there's just mm-hmm. been so much going on in the world and current events that is being, um, just like mirrored by the stuff in this show. You know, we mm-hmm. live on stolen land. We know that. And mm-hmm. and there's been a genocide that's ongoing mm-hmm. on this yeah, land for, real. for the indigenous yeah. people uh, who this land belongs to. And and it is it is so amazing the way that they write genocide and imperialism into the show and discuss it in a mm-hmm. way that is like kid friendly, weirdly enough. But mm-hmm. but like this yeah. is real shit. Like that's this is someone's yeah reality it's funny Mm -hmm. okay i said something to my um to my sister the other day she was talking Mm -hmm. about how she's watching all of these like how she's like every show is post-apocalyptic every show on Mm. tv is post-apocalyptic every show i watch is post-apocalyptic and i was like (laughs) i think you're just choosing those shows that's not every show (laughs) but i was like you know it's funny there's something i read online about how indigenous people of this land have been living in a post-apocalyptic world since like Mm -hmm. the 1490s yeah and and when I said that to her, she was like, whoa. And I was like, I know the first time I read that, I also was like, whoa, because mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah. And and like, obviously, like you and I are both, uh, we're both brown women. We both come from immigrant families and mm-hmm. we are settlers on this land. And, mm-hmm. and there is so much truth to the way like the Fire Nation brainwashes um, its children by mm-hmm. telling them incorrect history. Yeah. And it's really amazing the way Aang is there to be like, that's mm-hmm. not true. Yeah. Like literally look at these like Fire Nation dances that you have had forever, but like, because you want to control so much, yes. like you don't want any sort of form of self-expression. Like you want them to feel like they're totally part of this nation. Like everything about them is part of this nation. Yeah. And that's like, like you can barely fault the kids for that though, because like, no, they're kids. Of course. They're literally, of course. Exactly. They're literally kids. 
but but they are going to unless there's intervention they're going yeah. to grow up and mm -hmm. continue the violence and mm -hmm. and i think that's the the thing with you know like the education system here it's like mm -hmm. there are, we don't see if we don't have indigenous people in our classrooms which is on purpose and if we don't have indigenous teachers at the front of the room which is on purpose and if we don't have indigenous people writing any of the history which is on purpose like <laughs> then like how the fuck is anybody supposed to have an accurate understanding of what happened for real Right. That's on, that's by design, of course. Mm -hmm. But it's wild how many people do grow up in this country and believe the stuff that's written in the textbooks. I know. Right. And like the textbooks literally putting stuff in black and white just so it seems further in the past. Like that's messed <laughs> yeah. up. A lot like, of that why? shit going on. Lots of that going on. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. With the show, I remember you said when we talked on the phone about it briefly, you said something and I was like, oh, I would ask you so many questions about this, <laughs> but I didn't on the phone because I wanted to save it for the podcast. Yeah. You said that this show was your one of your earliest uh, exposures to feminism. For so real. Tell me more about that. Oh, uh, OK. So, OK. So, you know, Suki. Well, yes. first of all, obviously, Katara is a feminist icon, but like specifically yes. something that Suki said in like the fourth episode, like we meet her mm -hmm. and then Sokka's like being like, being sexist towards her but like and by the end of that episode he's like oh I should have treated you like a warrior but I treated you like a girl and then this line that Suki said was like mind-blowing to me as a child Suki was like I am a warrior but I'm also a girl like she did not distinguish this idea of like you have to be strong and thus that means you're not a girl like she yeah. said you can be a girl and you can be strong you can be a warrior you can be all these things and like the fact that she has a very strong girl group wears makeup like traditionally likes girly things like dresses and like lipstick and like things like that and like also is like a super strong fighter and like enjoys that part of her like that was like one of my first introductions to like I think being like oh this this is right this this is how I feel like this is what this is she's putting into words like what it feels like to grow up like a girl here and being ashamed of being a girl because like you're like, oh, I want to be, I want to be seen as strong. I don't want to be seen as like weak. And thus mm -hmm. means like, you know, like things like, oh, you run like a girl. Like, what does that mean? Yes, I do run like a girl. I am a girl. <laughs> of course you know? I run like a girl. <laughs> How like, else yeah. would I run? <laughs> like a gazelle? <laughs> I'm a girl, obviously. Um, oh my God. No, it totally. I, I mm -hmm. think that that line, it is powerful. And I, and I can imagine, especially for a young child, especially for a young girl, how meaningful mm -hmm. that is mm -hmm. um, when you haven't seen stuff like that before. Because, yeah, mm -hmm. I like as as uh, as a self uh, described <laughs> strong girl, um, which like, boy, is that a heavy thing to bear? Um, it can be. Yeah, it can be really challenging sometimes to reconcile mm -hmm. being like of course we know intellectually now mm -hmm. and obviously intrinsically always that being a girl is intrinsically kind of being very strong um because yeah. the world is out to get ya but <laughs> i but i but i you don't see a lot of it reaffirmed in media and mm -hmm. and of course that's changed in the how long has it been since the show has been out i have no idea um, it came out in 2005 and it ended in 2008 I think like okay yeah so in so. the you know in the over 10 years uh, like 10 mm -hmm. 15 years since the show has been out like mm -hmm. I think there's obviously been a lot more strides for for female empowerment and media and stuff not enough always we can we can get farther mm -hmm. with it let's go but mm -hmm. but I can imagine that that meant a lot to you as a mm -hmm. child and and yeah I love I love 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 um 
all of the female characters so much. Mm-hmm. I love Toph mm-hmm. so oh, yeah. fucking much. First of all, I love that her name kind of sounds like Toph. Yeah. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's great. I, I am mm-hmm. like, that's a little on the nose, but I'm really into it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, go for it. Just call her like Rock. <laughs> like, yeah, Toph the Rock, whatever her last name is that I can't remember. Um, Beifong. <laughs> Beifong, yes. Um, yeah, I thought Toph was a brilliant addition to the crew. Um, I mm-hmm. love her so fucking much. I've always, I personally am a Capricorn. Um, do mm-hmm. you have, what I was going to say, do you have a Zodiac? <laughs> That's a very, do you have yeah, one? I'm a Virgo. I'm you're a Virgo. Virgo. Okay, so you're also yeah. an Earth sign. Um, yeah. I, I've always connected a lot to um, mm-hmm. like the element of the earth. And so I was really yeah. fucking psyched for like the earth yeah. book, the earth like season. So I was like, what does this yeah. look like? I want to maybe identify with it. <laughs> and, um, and like some of it I did, some of it I didn't, obviously it's a TV show. And I yeah. also, I'm not a fucking earthbender. So um, <laughs> I don't know what I was looking for, but it was still so cool to see like some of those qualities for me as someone who is like interested in, somewhat interested in like astrology and the zodiac mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. like the spirituality stuff and i got some yeah. crystals okay okay it do um, be like that <laughs> it do be like that uh, yeah okay i own a tarot deck fine you got it out of me fatima um <laughs> i love that <laughs> but i i as someone who is interested in those things of course there's a whole other angle Mm-hmm. to observing the show and like viewing it through that lens and, and trying to interpret like mm-hmm. the elements and and what they what the essence of each of them is through that mm-hmm. lens as well and um and I just thought the whole damn thing was so cool like I love mm-hmm. how each element at least the ones that we see getting like trained which is just mm-hmm. three of them um I love how they talk about the essence of each of them and and like like with water the flow is so important and like feeling the current and like going Mm -hmm. along with it Mm -hmm. and and with earth like being headstrong and being sturdy and being like Mm -hmm. and believing that you're gonna Mm -hmm. get through this fucking rock Mm -hmm. um and and with fire like being able to control something that's so unpredictable Mm -hmm. like I just think the way that they inform the audience with these elements is so cool now question for you do you know Mm -hmm. where the because there's so much spirituality and so much um like especially like i I say eastern which is so vague because Mm -hmm. i i say it because i think it's a mishmash of a bunch of stuff but do you know where the inspiration for the show and it's like world stuff came from yeah so basically so fire nation was based off mainly like obviously it's like a conglomerate of stuff but mainly like i'm going to say mainly um imperial japan okay um so like that you know that's why you see the imperialism a lot yeah um that, and then uh, tracks the, yeah and then the air nomads are based off like tibetan buddhist monks mm. um um mainly and then the um water tribes are based off um i, I can't say the inuits names but like inuit cultures mm-hmm. like there's a specific one that's like I can't say Y I P P E U something like that. Oh, okay. I don't know how to pronounce. Okay. It. I don't want to I... butcher it. So. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I cannot then, tell you and... if you're right or wrong. Anyway, so go on. <laughs> and then, Earth Kingdom. Oh my God, what is Earth Kingdom based off again? China. Wait, Maybe. I think I, I think I have a little note about it. Yeah. But yeah, basically China. Okay, um, nice. Yeah. Um, which is oh, and like. And then each bending form is also based off a certain martial arts. I'm not totally sure which martial arts because I don't know anything about martial arts. Right. But like every 
thing was like based off like real world stuff so that's really neat that's really Mm -hmm. really neat and yeah i i mean the actual script on the like on the title screen is that Mm -hmm. is it uh mandarin it looks like i think so yeah and like it looks like mandarin to me like, I remember being like, oh, yeah, what's the translations? And they have, like, translations and stuff like that, but I don't remember them. And, like, yeah, it varies from, like, episode to episode. And, like, yeah. But. What is your favorite, like, behind-the-scenes info that you know about this show? Oh. Ooh. Oh, I don't know if this is my favorite, but this is, like, the first one that popped into my head. Yes. Um, so, basically, Uncle Iroh was actually just supposed to be, like, Zuko's trainer like his mentor like have no family relationship and like kind of be tough and also yeah so but then they're like oh like we need like we need someone for Zuko um and like also they were thinking about making Uncle Iroh like betray Zuko in the end (gasps) I know (laughs) and like basically be like a double agent kind of thing for the Fire Nation but then they're like, yeah, no, we can't do that to Zuko. Like, no. that's that's too mean. No, Zuko <laughs> and they would never Uncle recover. Iroh at that point, yeah, for real, he would like yeah. just die. He'd just like, yeah. I'm done. I think he <laughs> would get a now. he would get a fever and pass out and just be gone. Like, remember when he <laughs> yeah. saved Appa from the thing and then he had a fever for <laughs> several like, days? Literally, I was I was a good guy for like two seconds, and now I'm like dying. <laughs> Which, like, it was so funny because Uncle Ira was like, the decision you just made was in such conflict with, with who you've For believed real. you are. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Huh? Hey, mm-hmm. what is going on? Also, when Appa was missing and then we saw oh the episode where Appa was getting hurt. I I, know. I, I cried. I was I so, cry. yeah, I that was the saddest episode. Like, I know mm-hmm. there's episodes with genocide also but like yeah. that episode we had to like watch Appa get hurt and I was mm-hmm. I was at the I was crying the whole time I was yeah. so sad same and, oh like when he was traumatized and then Suki mm-hmm. found him mm-hmm. oh oh man I know and oh my god the whole chapter I know we're like skipping around a bunch but I don't think there's any way I can do this like chronologically <laughs> no worries um Ba Sing Se mm-hmm. was such a wild experience mm-hmm I like, <laughs> like <No. nuts. laughs> for real like I honestly I remember watching and being like okay can we leave this city now <laughs> like, yes let's go <laughs> like bad for vibes real. bad bad yeah. bad vibes that place oh my but, god and I I love the way that they handled the earth kingdom of course especially bossing say showing how mm-hmm. even in this supposed beacon of hope and like outstanding mm-hmm outstanding kingdom that they haven't been able to conquer there's so much inequality and so much mm-hmm. um classism like, oh so much classism mm-hmm. and and the way that they're treating the refugees that are coming in from all over mm-hmm. the world they're seeking this like the asylum seekers and what's happening to them and the risks they have to undertake like mm-hmm. all of it again incredibly relevant mm-hmm. um and and i don't i don't know if it'll ever not be unfortunately and yeah. And it was really interesting. One of my favorite bits, actually, when it comes to the Earth Kingdom was when Zuko has left his uncle and he's like, I'm, I'm a lone ranger now. Sorry, uncle, the one person who's loved me. I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta go be sad by myself now. See ya. Yeah. And, um, and he goes and he's on his own path and he comes across that family and mm-hmm. he, and the, the kid and, and the people 
are of this town are being harassed by the mm-hmm. Earth Kingdom soldiers who are just a mm-hmm. bunch of fucking crooks. And mm-hmm. uh, I love that they took that moment to show that evil and greed is not limited to the Fire Nation. Mm-hmm. For real. Yeah. Because and, I think that's an easy yeah. misconception for mm-hmm. anybody to draw, of course. And, yeah. But I, I like that there's that nuance there that it's about the it's about power. Power. Yeah. Because ultimately, that's power. the truth everywhere, and I, mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's such a well-written show, and mm-hmm. so many incredible lessons for especially a young audience mm-hmm. to receive from a show like yeah. this, like to recognize that that evil comes in a lot of shapes, yeah, and a lot of them are linked to power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most for real. of them are. Yeah, yeah, and I just love how the show is like not ageists if you know what I'm because like they really because most of their audience was little kids basically at the time mm-hmm. like around Aang's age like 12 10 to 12 years old or whatever 12, 10 to like 15 years old is like their age demographic right and the fact that they put in all this like hardcore stuff but still made it super accessible and didn't treat their audience like they were stupid yes. is amazing because like a lot of people are just like oh yeah kids like don't realize this thing like we like little kids also live this like me as a child like I understood what it felt like to be seen as a girl in this society and like mm-hmm. seeing that this show treated it like something I actually understood was great um totally and, yeah I I couldn't agree more I think that's probably a big part of the reason why the show has stood the test of time and has remained mm-hmm. so loved not only by children but by adults because mm-hmm. and yes the the protagonist and most of the main characters are I wouldn't even know say Aang is the protagonist I think he's just part of the crew um yeah even though it's, it's the show's named after him but mm-hmm. But I think it works because although the the main characters are all children and the audience mm-hmm. might even have been all children, the show mm-hmm. doesn't treat the audience like they're children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The audience is just people that are going to watch yeah. the show and, and take things from it. And there's lots of there's lots of lightness in the show, lots of yeah. humor. I think it's one of the mm-hmm. reasons I fucking love Sokka because I, lo- I love the sarcastic guy. I always love mm-hmm. the sarcastic guy. It's the same reason I loved Chandler in Friends. And it's like, it's the same, like that's anytime there's just like an overly sarcastic guy, mm-hmm. kind of like, kind of like down on himself. Like I'm into that. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, honestly, he was supposed to be like a super dry, serious character when they started the show. Like, <laughs> it's so weird. But then the voice actor came in and he like brought so much life to Sokka. And they're like, yeah, I li- we like this. This this is Sokka now. That's awesome. So, that's, I, yeah. That's I great. love that because that also brings in like so much of, hey, the performer is, is so important to like the characterization in that for sure. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I fucking love Sokka. And he does have mm-hmm. moments of being just like a dry fucking like, like annoyed guy <laughs> with like when, he, yeah. when they're traveling with those fucking musicians, like the little like nomads yep. with the fucking band. Yeah. He's like, I hate you fuckers so much <laughs> and, and honestly i i kind of get it i understand yeah. I'm a little bit on Sokka's side for that um but i fuck i had a thought and now it's gone oh the children. Okay. children. i got back to it i got back to it but yeah i agree that the fact that the children who were the intended audience were not treated as if they were stupid is mm-hmm. important is important and it adds to the show because I think it's actually very truthful. I used to work at a museum and at that museum, I 
would often we were encouraged to like find something that we wanted to talk about like there's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. in the museum obviously and mm-hmm. we were encouraged to i was a visitor experience designer which is nice. extremely vague but Ooh. i could, i designed <laughs> visitor experiences were they good mm-hmm. uh depends on who you are <laughs> but if you're there and you meet me i'm designing an experience that's for damn sure um nice. but i would meet a lot of people and i would often park myself by the first people's gallery and mm-hmm. there was a section in it that was like this language section. And it was all based on, uh, it was like one of the newest parts of the museum. And it's all based on um, showcasing the indigenous languages that are spoken um, in mm-hmm. the land recognized as British Columbia. And so you could like walk around this area and like push buttons and listen to uh, the languages. And it was a beautiful part of the the gallery. And there's this map where you can push buttons and get statistics on mm-hmm. each language. Um, including mm-hmm. like where it's spoken and now at this time like how many speakers are still present for that language oh, yeah. and how many people are learning that language and of course a lot of those statistics are very depressing because of the damage mm-hmm. the genocidal damage done by like residential schools and stuff like that mm-hmm. so I would often hang out by that map because kids were so attracted to this map <laughs> buttons because they were like oh my god yeah. buttons and that's all they would just like look at the map and just like fucking jab all of the buttons and I was like yeah. hey guys there's also like a projection that happens if you want to look at that that's cool and they were like oh like they would not look up <laughs> until like until I like put yeah. it down and then they were like oh the buttons do stuff like they hadn't yeah. they hadn't thought that mm-hmm. far they were just excited to push them um yeah. which was uh, totally understandable mm-hmm. and um so I would often be like, start the conversation there. And then I'd be like, do you guys want to know what the buttons do? Like, do you know, want to know what, what's going on? And, and often everybody would say yes. And so mm-hmm. I had a lot of opportunities to talk to children mm-hmm. about residential schools and nice. about genocide. And mm-hmm. I remember those conversations were like genuinely one of my favorite part of working in the museum. It was always hard. It mm-hmm. was always hard. But mm-hmm. children have a very strong sense of right and wrong. Mm -hmm. Children have an undeniable, like, especially unless they've, you know, been corrupted by the alt-right or some shit. I I don't know every (laughs) child, but but most kids that I met have a very innate understanding of good and bad and right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And when I told them, like, hey, imagine like a kid your age getting, you know, grabbed out of their family's home and, and being, you know, taken to this place and not being allowed to speak their language and I didn't even get into of course the darkest shit I just said that you know treated badly because these are children mm-hmm. I'm talking to but I would I would at least I would stress the mm-hmm. not being allowed to speak your language not being allowed to see your family not being mm-hmm. able to 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 be yourself essentially and mm-hmm. away for years and years at a time and and I was like do you think that's okay and of course they all said no and Mm -hmm. every single kid had like this intense feeling of like I could see it on their eyes like hey that was bad yeah happened and Mm -hmm. when I would talk to them and be like I know it's scary I know it's sad but you know it's important that we learn that this happened so we can make sure it doesn't continue that it doesn't Mm -hmm. happen again they were all like yeah like they they understood that all very well Mm -hmm. and I think children are very smart yeah they are hot take but I think kids are really fucking smart. <laughs> I, I literally and, want to be teachers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, I think they they have a very uh, 
good understanding on these subjects if they're if they're taught to them at their level Mm -hmm. and like this show is a is about fucking Mm -hmm. war it's about imperialism it's about colonization it's about Mm -hmm. genocide and Mm -hmm. and and friendship and love Mm -hmm. and and all that good stuff also and i think it's amazing that it has lasted so long because i i think i think that's rooted in the fact that they didn't talk to these kids like they wouldn't understand this stuff yeah Mm -hmm. like I feel like a lot of adults do this to children like you don't understand this or like you don't and like that's really frustrating to me because like you have to remember you were a child at one point and you also did not want to be treated like you were stupid or like uh it, it like annoys me because like why why do you think that age is a factor in like how good of you a person you are or like whatever like it's it really sucks because I feel like like growing up I wish I had more like in like diversity in my classrooms or like at least some exposure to it because like I feel like I only started critically thinking when I got to university like no joke because like like yeah I was a smart kid or whatever like I never struggled academically Mm -hmm. but like the moment I got to university and being like oh well there's like so many different walks of life like and that the fact that I was like so like I'm not even that isolated as a like where we were like we grew up with like a lot of brown people we grew up with a lot of like Mm -hmm. you know a lot of other cultures and and me being like literally half Filipino, half Pakistani. So like I grew up ha- being exposed to like already two different cultures in compared to like the Western culture. Mm-hmm. But like, even then, I don't think I like critically thought because, because like schools didn't teach it, you know? No. And like, that's why like one of the main reasons I want to be like a teacher so badly is because like, I want to like let my students critically think and like start that like early on. So then like by the time they get to university or like by the time that they're adults, they're like, you know, more accepting, more empathetic of like the world around them. But yeah. Yeah. And you're, it, that's going to change lives. Like I can tell mm, you I that hope right so. now. I don't know. Yeah, of course. Of course. Teachers change lives. Good and bad teachers change lives. It's for mm, yeah. it's a known Fair. fact. Fair. No, <laughs> very known fact. Uh, now let's talk a bit more about the, I mean, I'm sure we're going to go back towards the earlier seasons again, eventually if we want to, but mm-hmm. let's talk a bit more about the end of the show. Because mm-hmm. I think the, the conclusion of this show is... Mm-hmm like like it's perfect I think it might be perfect I think like I don't know I literally the first thing so I write down notes for all these things and I didn't do as many notes throughout for this because it was a whole show it's easier to do that with a movie but yeah one of the first things I wrote down when I like really wanted to compile my thoughts was 10 out of 10 no notes (laughs) (laughs) which which, uh is I guess not that helpful for like a critical review but but it's (laughs) but it's how I felt because I I think Aang's conflict at the end of the series that has to do with him fighting who he is like Mm -hmm. he is a non-violent person he doesn't Mm -hmm. want to harm anybody he doesn't Mm -hmm. want to kill ozai even though Mm -hmm. uh tbh i was like bro just kill ozai like that's literally what everybody was like to ang though like just kill him it's fine the world will be better off like i was on everybody's side i was on all the other avatars's side i was like yeah Mm -hmm. just like just take him out but (laughs) Of course, I understand that that's not how Aang sees it. And mm-hmm. perhaps that's why he's the Avatar and not me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Uh, I guess I get that. But I, yeah, I I thought it was so incredible, the like little last journey into the spirit world that he did, where he got mm-hmm. to meet the giant turtle guy. And mm-hmm. and he came back with this with this knowledge and he found a solution that isn't violent. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, like in its own way, it is violent, but it's not yeah. killing him. It's not yeah. ending his life. Mm-hmm. And 
and I think that final conflict for him and that that ending for for him and being able to leave him with peace as well because I think mm-hmm. if if he had gone through and killed Ozai mm-hmm. the world would be better yes mm-hmm. I don't know if Aang would be better I guess think like a lot of times like people think like death is the ultimate like bad thing to do but I, I honestly there can be things that are like worse to death and I feel like to Ozai it was kind of a fitting punishment to like take away basically the idea of his power so strip yes. him of his idea of power Yes. And, like, put him in a place where he feels humiliated. Even though, like, to Aang or whatever, that's just, like, oh, he's alive. It's, like, fine. And, like, maybe he doesn't understand that it, it is really bad for Ozai in that respect. Because, like, now he's seen as someone who's weak. Or someone who doesn't have power. And he can't, you know, continue that power. And, like, that's, like, really great. Because, like, I feel, yeah, like, I honestly, like, yeah, he was, like, if he died, I don't think, I, nobody would be sad. <laughs> no, God, here. no. But, like, <laughs> yeah. But I like uh, that like him being yeah. alive also leaves the door open for Zuko to come back and be like tell me where my mom is they have comics afterwards so you find out what happens to his mom <gasps> okay yeah I was hoping I was like um <laughs> anybody gonna tell me what happened to his mom uh because I also want to know um mm-hmm. but yeah I no, I love that and I I think I think in a way it is a much worse punishment that mm-hmm. he was like he gets to live out I mean if he's dead he's gone but this way he gets to sit there and think about everything he's done and mm-hmm. be powerless the whole time mm-hmm. which like I'm not huge for incarceration but for that fucker, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm fine with that actually mm-hmm. um in this fictional world where he where he is <laughs> where he has literally killed so many people also I I thought it was really interesting when he was like coming in to destroy bossing say wait is that what he was doing who was he where was he at the end what, what place was he about to take down it was Bossing he was basically say, right? just or no, just like he was basically the just kingdom. gonna burn the earth kingdom down the yeah. whole like earth just kingdom. started from the tip and then just like yeah okay okay uh, yeah. yeah so just i literally burned it all <laughs> i know that they were like on like a coastline and they were like coming inwards and it was nuts that they were just like burning everything like everything in their path mm-hmm. like starting to burn like the forest and stuff and it mm-hmm. was really interesting because it made me think about how burning like or destroying the natural resources of a place is like one of the first steps to genocide is like is cutting their access to natural resources and that's mm-hmm. part of what happened here as well of course is what mm-hmm. continues to happen it's mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's like logging of old growth happening right now yeah and, and that's still a part of the colonial violence and so mm-hmm. you know like it was like especially i think because of the the things that I've been looking at in the news and in the world in the last even just couple of weeks, hmm. this show felt so poignant and so mm-hmm. like it it was part escapism, but also part catharsis because yeah. it, it brought into this like j- kind of joyous and like se- like not sensible world, but in a show that gave the nonsense of the world a sensible ending. Mm-hmm in a world yeah. that resolved the issues that are still plaguing our actual world. Mm-hmm. And that brought me peace because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's hard to find that peace in real life. It was nice to have it on a TV show full of yeah. characters that I love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and in my, in my humble onion, I think that's probably, <laughs> that's probably why a lot of people love the show. I think, I think it's, it's wonderful to have a, at least a fictional world where the same issues that we have in our real world are mm-hmm. resolved. Of course, yeah. it doesn't bring back the air nomads. Yeah. It doesn't change the 
I'm assuming hundreds of thousands of, or millions of lives that have been affected and, or hurt mm-hmm. by the fire nation, but it gives, it ends on such a hopeful note where people yeah. are looking forward to a brighter future. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. And that's what I, like, I, I've, been feeling the weight of the world a lot the last little bit so it was really Mm -hmm. I mean I always am but it's been (laughs) more intense and um and it was really nice to have that like sort of warm hug of like there's hope and there's change that's possible Mm -hmm. yeah honestly it's it's a really good show and like and I also like how they have like representation of things that you don't really see in like media so like mental health and like disabilities so like Toph, literally one of the, like literally like probably the strongest bender, oh, I mean, outside of Aang in that, oh, actually I can't say that. <laughs> strongest earth bender in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. Hell but yeah, like, you can. But yeah, so like she she's literally She invented metal bending. For real. She's like amazing. And like, just because she has a disability, like they understand that she has a disability, but they doesn't distract, detract that from her being a person like you'll often see like scenes where she can't walk in areas because like she can't like you know the place when they went to the island like the little like the village in the river so it was all wooden yeah and so she couldn't like feel anything she would always hold on to someone else in the group Mm -hmm. but like it was like a normal thing that happened and like you just have to accommodate for that and it's not even a big deal to accommodate for something like that you know and like like even like Sokka carrying um top up onto Appa or something like that you know what I mean like little things like that like that you that's all you have to like like it doesn't take that much to like accommodate for someone who has a disability and like I love how they put that in the show in the most like subtle ways and then also like Azula with her mental health issues like also like I feel like at the end show when she's fighting Zuko um and like every like everybody understands that there's something going on here like there's something mentally that she's going through and like it's tough on her as well she's literally 14 years old she's a child and and like the only love and acceptance she has ever felt is from her father and that was conditional that Mm -hmm. if she did well if she was as cruel as he was then she would get affection Mm -hmm. and like if she didn't do that like, cause she didn't get affection from her mother, really. Like the mother thought she was like a monster or whatever. And like, like in Azula's eyes, at least. Mm-hmm. And like, it really sucks. And then her friends as well. Like, sure, they probably did have some sort of like attachment to Azula, but like, they also really feared her. And that was the main emotional bond between them. Absolutely. So like, it was interesting to like, that the creators didn't treat that as well. Like kids are stupid and they won't understand that she has mental health issues and stuff like that but like yeah because like a lot of times like if something like that happens where the the villain um is defeated it's just like um it's like cheers yay we like won but it was more like this is somber like this is a child who had unfortunately been in that circumstance and like had she been maybe had supportive and a loving environment she could have been so much different because she's so smart she's so ambitious she's so amazing at bending and like oh my god she's like, a prodigy amazing. she's for real the lightning shit she does is like mm-hmm. genuinely terrifying and she almost yeah. killed ang yeah honestly like he did die and then yeah Katar brought him back to life but like yeah terrifying like she's so cutthroat and so like i know what i want and i'm gonna get it like she literally took down bossing say like a day yeah <laughs> oh my god literally iroh like, couldn't do, iroh didn't do anything for a long and like i like mean a, I'm, yeah 
Iroh couldn't take it down, and I think he kind of maybe decided not to also. Yeah. But, which is fair <laughs> and the right call. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she fucking got in there. Cute little coup. Just a cute little, yeah. little just a little like, sprinkle of a coup. Three of them. Three of them. Yeah, it was kind of like, I will say a little bit like a little bit girl boss energy to have those three three together, like the like craziest assassin trio. Like Mm -hmm. if they weren't so awful, I would stand, you know, I still stand. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I get that. I do get that. I do oh. love it when, like, when the bad guys that are the most powerful are women. I like that a mm-hmm. lot. Um, but <laughs> just, just a little, just a little, <laughs> just a little treat for me. I'm like, ah, yeah. the most terrifying people on the planet are these three like teenage girls. Hell yeah! Yeah, but honestly, love like that. teenage girls can be pretty terrifying. Oh yeah, life. we've been to high school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely, they can. Um, no, I, I did really enjoy watching Azula and, and I think her introduction in this, like after the second season really upped the stakes a mm-hmm. lot for, yeah. for Zuko and, and for like for everybody. Cause mm-hmm. once, once, she, I mean, it was one thing when Zuko was chasing down Aang, but once mm-hmm. Azula was chasing down Aang, like the episode where they were literally like on their asses the whole yeah time and they couldn't get any rest and appa was like mm-hmm. exhausted and and they couldn't like they couldn't even fly anymore they, how are they going to get away if they can't like if they, it's if, if appa's down like it was yeah that was a very high stakes episode mm-hmm. and and i think you're right when azula goes down in the end it's not I like, mean, it yay, is. A, yeah, it like, is a victory, I guess. But it's yeah. also like watching Azula come apart. Like when she, I think it's like that scene where she cuts her hair and stuff, and you're like, "Damn!" Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what is going on with you, but it's not good. Yeah, for real. And, and there's yikes. <laughs> you see, you see that the the writers have empathy for her, even though mm-hmm. she's. And you know, you have to give credit for the fact that both her and Zuko, like you're growing up in a royal family, mm-hmm. like that shit is fucked. Mm-hmm. Like always. And like for real. I watched a little bit of the crown and then I got and then I stopped because I was tired of being made to feel bad for the colonizers. <laughs> but, yeah. I, but I was like, I you know, a lot of people are like, it's actually really hard on the it's really hard okay. on the monarchy. <laughs> sure. Like I don't okay. okay. I mean like yeah okay I guess they're people but also like uh miss me I don't care. I anyway yeah like you um, could have avoided the situation to begin with. I'm also, just saying <laughs> also you can't you can't act like the writers of the crown are not incredibly favorable to the mm-hmm. fucking people of the monarchy. Of course they are. Um <laughs> They're writing a like network TV show about them, like, oh and the the British monarchy have a lot of control when it comes to media. Um, this is not mm-hmm. news. Mm-hmm. Ask Meghan Markle. Anyway, <laughs> actually, don't ask her. Leave her alone, please. Let her live her life. Don't ask her any questions. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think that there's a a lot of a lot of love for these characters, and it's very. It's very central to the show, and I think it's why I love it, and I think it's why a lot mm-hmm. of people love it, and it's mm-hmm. why, like, somebody I was talking to was like, I wrote fan fiction for this show, and I'm like, I get mm-hmm. that. I would also want mm-hmm. to see these characters in other situations because I just want to see these characters. I just want to yeah. watch them uh, forever mm-hmm. and have watch them, like, have a good time. I, I love the little shenanigan episodes. Oh, my God. When they went to go watch a play and it was just like meta and Ember, weird. Ember Island players. Oh my God. So good. It was the best. I was like, this is so bizarre. Yeah. So meta. So I, strange. I know. Right. I love it. Cause like the thing, cause like, first of all, it served as like a recap episode before the finale, mm-hmm. but also like it, the, oh my God, the things that they put in that play 
was so good because like it's the things that the fandom picked up on and they like the creators themselves were like oh this is what the fans are talking about let's put it in the like this recap kind of episode type thing and so like things like Zutara in the Ember Islands Mm -hmm. player is because the fans were like yo I kind of shipped this and they Mm -hmm. understood that and like the jet dying so basically like you know when jet died he died like the creators were like oh like we thought we were clear about him dying but like a lot of fans were like did jet just die and so they're making fun of us in the like ember islands player where they're like did jet just die yeah you know? and i love it oh my it god it felt like a very self-aware commentary and mm-hmm. i i love that i i love yeah. that there was very like an interaction with the fans like i know what mm-hmm. you, like the i love that Sokka was like it was very unclear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's for sure what like the, the people who yeah. watch the show experienced. Yeah. I mm-hmm. I love that it was self-aware. I love that it was um it was funny and the, the kids all kind of got like in a huff about the representation of them. And mm-hmm. and I thought it was really, really cute and yes, very smart to have as a recap before the finale for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, dude, I just, it's funny. I was like, I don't know what this episode is going to be like for this podcast. Because honestly, like, I'm just going to gush about the show for an hour. I'm just going to be like, anyway, so I love it. And I don't have anything critical to say, actually. I just, I'm a huge fan. Um, because it's it's rare, dude. It's rare to come across a piece of media that just makes mm-hmm. me happy. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Just like wholeheartedly. And, mm-hmm. and it also creates space for critical thinking it also creates mm-hmm. space for like commentary on the world it creates space for for making connections to our real yeah. circumstances and mm-hmm. and the realities of our of our colonized planet well dude i'm feeling really good about this discussion i have another question for you um mm-hmm. before we like start to wrap this up mm-hmm. if you could bend ooh, which one which element yeah. would you want to bend okay so i have an answer so basically when i was a kid I always liked waterbending, but the more I grew up, the more I identified with the ideas of like earthbending. So I'd probably say earthbending now. Hey, that's that Virgo in yeah. you coming through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For real. Because <laughs> I I think I agree. I like definitely like going into the the chapter about about earth. I was like, I think I'm going to relate. I have a feeling, mm-hmm. a little, little feeling in my gut. And I, I think mm-hmm. I do because I, I think it's, it's just that fucking headstrong Capricorn ass going like, mm-hmm. yeah, just believe, <laughs> just yeah. believe and it'll happen and you can't budge mm-hmm. and you like, there's like a stubborn goat energy yeah, stubborn. that's yeah. like, just gotta, <laughs> just gotta keep, keep on trucking baby. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, I, but I, oh, any of them would be so cool. But I think, mm-hmm. I think earthbending is what I re- like connect to most immediately. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And it's also like would be really cool because most times you're standing on the earth most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, most of the time. Hey, honestly, if I'm talking about my life, uh, nine times out of ten, I'm on land. <laughs> Maybe once in a while yeah. I'm on the ferry, but it's been a while. You know, it's yeah. been a hot minute since I was on a boat. So yeah. most of the time I'm on land, and I could. Yeah. Just like, oh, the way that Toph exists in the world is so cool to me. Oh, mm-hmm. speaking of, because you were talking about, like, the representation of people with disabilities. Like, I thought the the bit where they were at the one of the air temples, the mm-hmm. one where there's the the father and the son who are, like, oh, the inventors. Yeah. And yeah. there's the, the the teen teenager guy who yeah. can fly. I thought that was amazing that his, like, there's that representation as well of someone mm-hmm. 
in a wheelchair, but having like, you know, like different, like accommodating that with like other really sick ass abilities mm-hmm. like, to fucking fly. Like his dad can do yeah. things like that. But also I thought that chapter of the story was really fascinating because it showed how like the only way someone can have money in a, in a world built on war is by selling mm-hmm. weapons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. like the, the fact that, you know, these people have to come to terms, like the kids have to come to terms with, hey, these people that we like, that we trust, mm-hmm. are still in bed with the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And I think like there's, a lo- again, like a lot of nuance and a lot of like real world connection there because yeah. like so much hey man so much of the stuff we buy is like actually (laughs) funding weapons (laughs) like all the time Mm -hmm. and so like Mm -hmm. i think it's it's really it's really cool that they got to have that conflict and like of course of course it was amazing that um i can't remember their names those like the father and son Dio and uh i don't think did the inventor guy have a name i don't remember the inventor guy's name maybe he just was the inventor but um (laughs) the inventor like of course you know he he was able to turn away from like the fire nation stuff and that's great but i thought it was that discovery and and the implications of it Mm -hmm. that the only reason they're able to exist and survive in the way that they are is because they've had to sacrifice their own Mm -hmm. morals theoretically yeah Mm -hmm. and continue to make weapons that are used for violence and genocide like genocide Mm -hmm. like yeah like the fact that like after they like basically decimated air nomads and then they were like okay let's move on to water benders mm-hmm. now like they didn't totally destroy all water benders but they were like i mean destroy the water tribe but they were like oh let's let's target water benders because mm-hmm. that's where the avatar would go to next and like the only reason like the north pole like that's why like the south pole is so shrinky dinky because like it's literally like all they've gone. gone through yeah they, like literally qatar was the last one left and, and that was totally oh. like because the mother protected her yeah Oh, I know. And her journey to to like forgive mm-hmm. to f- to forgive and to grow past that because mm-hmm. of course like with what she saw firsthand and what she experienced like yeah, I I loved that final season and like I the way Top mm-hmm. is like everybody goes on a field trip to Zuko. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I loved that cuz it's true and they all like mm-hmm. you know got to go off and like learn a lesson. I love mm-hmm. that they gave Sokka his own master. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. he deserves to grow and learn. Uh, I want that for him. Yeah, dude, I'm a I'm a big fucking I'm a big fucking fan of this show. Me too. <laughs> and um, I guess I'll ask you this as well. Now I know you've seen the show so many times, so you probably like mm-hmm. know a bunch about the background. Like I asked you once mm-hmm. already, but like, what are other things that you wish more people knew about the show? Ooh, I don't like. I don't know. Like, there's so much to know about this show, and there's so much like nuances a part of this show. Mm-hmm. And like, I know we didn't like really talk about this, but you know the Avatar movie (laughs) the worst thing in my entire life I've ever (laughs) seen I am livid (laughs) like the fact that these people like first of all they made the brown people the villains and then they whitewashed the rest of the cast (laughs) and then also like oh I can't like they got the names wrong and, like, you can hear the names in the, like, original show. Wait, they got so, like, the names wrong? Yeah, they called How? Ong. <laughs> they called Uncle Iroh, Iro, Sokka, Soka. And I'm like, Penny, what? Like, it's, it's right there. Like, you just have to listen to the first episode and you'll know. Like, 
Oh, I but love, like, I love but like the fact that, no, the fact that like these, like, I feel like, like I wish that people would know, like these creators, like know what they're doing. And like the fact that they didn't want to listen to these creators with the show or like the movies, like even Netflix is doing like a live action series of like Avatar The Last Airbender. And like, at first we were like, oh no, not another live action. Mm-hmm. But then like, they're like, oh, the creators are going to be involved. And then <laughs> and then we're like okay sure maybe it could turn out well like okay fine mm-hmm. sure um but then the creators were like yeah we're not doing this anymore because they're not like listening to us and so we're like <sighs> at this point we're like yeah no we have no hope for this like no. this is gonna end up as some weird teen Riverdale type drama Pro- type thing honestly Ugh. with Netflix yeah probably they're gonna mm-hmm. be like it's Sabrina the Teenage Witch but like it's, honestly like just all, <laughs> it's our yeah. the last airbender but they all go to high school and they're all yeah. they're all sexy and they all yeah. they all there's a gargoyle king <laughs> i yeah, can't get real. over i can't get over oh the gargoyle God. king in riverdale i don't Wait, know no, what it no, means me, no no i, I won't I, I can't <laughs> possibly spoil it because i don't know what it means but i've ever since i heard gargoyle king i can't stop thinking about it oh my god i'm like is that a real person is it a gargoyle wearing a crown mm-hmm. you know what i don't care i won't mm-hmm. look into it any further um yeah. no i i i have a feeling that any live action thing that they do with this show anything they do with the show in general moving forward is never going to live up to this mm-hmm. animated series yeah. version and that's yeah. fine honestly yeah. i'm fine with it i don't think yeah. it needs a real because okay i love the animation mm-hmm, me too I love the animation style. I love the way they depict the different elements. The final fight sequence between Aang and Ozai. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and also the final fight between Azula and Zuko. Mm-hmm. It's just so mesmerizing. It's just mm-hmm. so beautiful to watch. And I wouldn't, I actually don't want to see it live action. Like, mm-hmm. I actually don't care. I don't I, watch that movie. No, Do I, not won't, watch it. <laughs> I, I won't watch the movie. Like, I've heard enough bad things that I'm for sure not going to watch it. And, mm-hmm. like, I love the show. So why would I ruin that experience yeah. by, like, getting mm-hmm. ang- by, like, being angry <laughs> for, mm-hmm. like, an hour and a half or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't really care for, like, the Netflix adaptation either if the creators are not involved. Because yeah, I, think, I think you're right. I think the creators have put a lot of care and love mm-hmm. and research into this yeah, show. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of like spirituality. Like each, there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of cultural information, mm-hmm. and like each episode took nine months to finish. So each episode yeah. from like conception to like I think from conception to like like getting final it out yeah. product. Damn. Yeah. And that level of fucking effort shows yeah. for real. Like it shows, and I think it's a big part of why people love the show because it's like it's it's actually surprising that something made like 15 years ago that ha- deals with like cultural and political issues is like not problematic. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. actually surprising. For real, honestly. Like 100% that's surprising. And like, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't even be that mad because I'd be like, oh, it's been a, I, like, I'd be like, it's been mm-hmm. a while. Um, It's still bad, but you know, I under, oh, blah, blah, blah. but I don't <laughs> have to because it's yeah. literally, it's great. And it, it's, mm-hmm. it deals with things with nuance and with care. And I, I love that. So mm-hmm. I'm a, hey, go ahead and say, uh, I'm a big fan of Avatar <laughs> The Last Airbender. I've said it Hell 16 yeah. times in this episode and I'll continue <laughs> saying it forever. Um, I, I'm excited to like introduce the show to more people and and to like rewatch it. Honestly, I, I see mm-hmm. why you've seen it so many times because as soon as it was <laughs> over, I was like, okay, round two, let's go. <laughs> 
but yeah. I think I think I'll have to not do that immediately since I have to mm-hmm. host this podcast and watch other stuff also <laughs> yeah I think this show is pretty perfect actually yeah honestly and, and I don't say that about a lot of stuff same same so I think that's pretty sick and I I'm, mm-hmm. I feel excited to have found uh, a show that I love this much yeah same because like yeah there are shows that I love but like I still see like I have qualms with the shows sometimes, but that doesn't like take away from me like loving it. Like, so for example, like Sense8, mm. do you know that show? Like, yes. I love that show, but like, I also see a lot of flaws with it. Yeah. But like Avatar, I'm like, I, I don't think I have any qualms about this show whatsoever. I like, love I love Sense8 everything too. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, big fan. But yeah, there's some, uh, there's like some inconsistencies. A tab. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The cops. Oh. Oh. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, there's. I I agree though. Like, it's pretty rare to have a show like this, and I'm just glad. I'm just glad we have it. We can cling mm-hmm. to this. We can cling to this day for all our lives. All our lives. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm joining you for the next watch party. Fatima, let's go. Hell yeah. Uh, like right now. <laughs> let's go. Let's go right now. Let's start episode one today. Uh, no, I have to watch something else now for the next episode. But okay, let's mm-hmm. wrap this puppy up. Well, thank you for for everything and Thanks like for sharing. Having me. Dude, yeah, it's been a blast and like genuinely love this show so much. So thank mm-hmm. you for talking to me about it and thank you for for making a pitch so strong that I was like, all right, <laughs> let's fucking watch this show. If you've seen it 15 times, I could watch it once. And turns out I could probably also watch it 15 times. So yeah, yeah dude, it's uh, I'm really happy um, mm-hmm. with, with this show. And I'm really happy that I got to watch it for this podcast. Mm-hmm. One of the great victories with this podcast is that I get to be introduced to new media. And mm-hmm. while sometimes there's opportunities for me to like, talk critically about stuff and be like it's actually not that good um this one i'm Mm -hmm. really glad to be like it actually lives up to every bit of hype i've ever heard Mm -hmm. um and i love that yeah (laughs) love to be love to be surprised and full of joy and that brings us to the end of this episode another huge shout out to fatima for her insight and wonderful company We went to high school together and haven't talked in like seven years. So this was such a lovely opportunity to hang out and talk about a fantastic little show. Now, as I mentioned in the episode, I used to work at a museum. And in fact, I worked at the Provincial Museum of British Columbia. Now, I don't want to be too complimentary to the museum itself because while we worked there, my colleagues and I were definitely subject to misinformation that we had to dispel ourselves. But... In my time there, I was also lucky enough to meet and learn from Leslie McGarry, who is an incredible Indigenous teacher and program director from Kwakwakiawak Territory. Witnessing the learning programs she created for children and the way she spoke to them was instrumental in my journey there and beyond. Now, I recognize that most people in this country may not have had the opportunity to learn from a teacher who is Indigenous and actually went to a residential school. But with the recent discoveries of 215 children's remains at the Kamloops Indian Residential School, and even more recently than that, another 104 children's remains discovered at the Brandon Indian Residential School, and the thousands more that will inevitably be discovered in the days to come, it is no longer an option to feign ignorance about the ongoing genocide that is the foundation of this country. Indigenous peoples have been talking about this forever, and it's about damn time we all listen and actually do something. There is a lot of information out there, and I hope that you are encouraged to learn and talk about this with the people in your life, young and old. Trust me, it's never too late or too early 
to start to learn. I hope you seek out Indigenous voices to listen to, but as a way to start, there are some resources in the link tree in the podcast Instagram's bio. There is also a donation link for the Indian Residential School Survivors Society, which I encourage you to donate to, as well as a letter template that you can use to contact your member of parliament and tell them to fund the excavation for more residential school sites. As always, I want to hear your thoughts about this or, of course, about Avatar The Last Airbender or literally anything else, which you can share with me through the OK Fine community Discord, also linked in the podcast Instagram. The Instagram, you ask? It's at OKFineIllWatchIt. See, that was different. (laughs) Okay. Also, if you want to recommend something that I should watch next, visit the Discord and let me know. Spoiler alert, I might listen to you. Finally, please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and rate and review if you liked this episode. That's everything from me. If you join the Discord, I'll see you there. Okay, bye.